Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and uh, welcome to the answers for the April 2007 CTSS quiz. Again, as usual, we have 10 terrific cases, which hopefully you got mostly correct. So the first case, I asked you, a uh, 35-year-old female with an acute abdomen, what's the best diagnosis? And you can see from the answers, I'm asking you about a liver pathology. And when you look at the liver, what are you seeing? You're seeing uh, early phase imaging with a mass in the 5-6 centimeter range, right lobe of liver, which has increased vascularity, but also blood within it. So then you say to yourself, what lesions bleed? Uh, I guess you can any lesion can bleed if you biopsy it, but the lesion we think about was spontaneous bleeding, particularly in a young female, is hepatic adenoma. Hemangiomas, in theory, can spontaneously bleed. Very rare, never seen that. Hepatomas in the Japanese literature, a quarter of hepatomas present with acute bleed, but in a non-serotic liver would be incredibly unusual, and FNH is essentially never bleed unless you maybe biopsy them. So the best answer would be hepatic adenoma. Next case, uh, the best diagnosis in this patient, and I list a number of possibilities, and obviously we're looking at the kidneys, and I give you early phase imaging and late phase imaging, and if you look on the early phase, the cortical medullary phase, you see an infiltrating tumor that's relatively hypovascular upper pole of the patient's right kidney. It's subtle, but it's there, but it's really beautifully seen on the CT urogram out of the excretory phase imaging. There's an infiltrating tumor in the upper pole calyces extending to the pelvis. Beautiful example of a transitional cell carcinoma. The other possibilities, blood clot can give you filling defects, but this is more than filling defects. This is infiltration, and we also see a soft tissue mass on early phase imaging. Um, trans, you know, transitional cells are the ones that really cause this type of infiltration of the calyces. Uh, renal cell carcinoma typically displaces calyces. Uh, this is classic for transitional, no problem. Then this next one, I ask you, what's the least likely diagnosis? And I list four tumors. And you could see uh, three of them are malignant, essentially, one's benign. And when you look at the images, early and late phase imaging, or maybe arterial and venous phase imaging, there's an abnormal infiltrating tumor that uh, has um, irregular vascularity. There's essentially some mild neovascularity. The one thing this is not is a hemangioma, because hemangioma, typically peripheral enhancement, which then fills in over time. So very simply, what is this? Well, it ended up being a cholangiocarcinoma. Easily could be a hepatoma, but the one thing it ain't. It ain't a hemangioma. Next question. In this case of gastric pathology, give me the best diagnosis. And you look very carefully from the axial and coronal display. In the antrum, there's an infiltrating tumor. There's uh, soft tissue in the range of up to 2 centimeters. This is classic for an infiltrating tumor. Could it be lymphoma? That's a possibility. But then typically you'll see some adenopathy, which you don't see. It's relatively hypodense, but that could be lymphoma or adenocarcinoma. I guess in theory, you could have metastatic breast cancer. I mean, that gives you linitis plastica pattern. But the best diagnosis in this patient would be gastric adenocarcinoma. And that's the correct answer. I now issue another case. In this middle-aged female, what's the best diagnosis? The patient has a cough. It's been sick. You're looking at MIP images. Very nice patchy airspace infiltrates bilaterally. Uh, TB, you know, it gives you infiltrates, but you don't get this airspace. And bronchovalvular cell carcinoma, BAC, is more extensive. Not quite this appearance of just like airspace dots. 
as we see it. And fungal pneumonia is typically as nodules, often with a crescent sign with cavitation. This is a very nice example of this tree and bud as one would see with MAI infection, which is the answer. I then asked you what's the best diagnosis in this patient with Cushing syndrome, and you see a very large left adrenal mass. It's above five centimeters. It's not going to be an adenoma, obviously. There's no fatter calcification. It's an anomyolipoma. It could be metastasis. It's a possibility. But I mentioned Cushing's because adrenal cancers, half the time, they're functioning tumors. Cushing's is the most common. Adrenal lesions tend to be smaller when they have functioning issues. But this is just a very nice example of adrenal carcinoma, primary adrenal carcinoma, that is, with um, a function. Next case. In this case, we define the cortex and medulla of the adrenal. And what does this mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means this is a terrific set of images. And if you could always differentiate cortex and medulla, you do a lot better in differential diagnosis of uh, adrenal masses because some things are always medullary and some things are always cortical. And um, it's rare to see this. This was very unusual. And no, it's not a 512 detector and it's not a 1024 and it's not hyperplasia, it just something is B, something we wish we always saw, but just a wonderful example. And maybe that's the future of CT, maybe we'll be able to do this routinely. Don't hold your breath, at least in the short term. The next case, patient has abdominal pain, what's the best diagnosis? And uh, I give you a few choices, and you can see I'm focusing on the mesentery, and when you look at the images, there's this haziness in the mesentery something you would define as a misty mesentery. Now it is true lymphoma can give you a misty mesentery, carcinoid can give you a dense mesentery, but with carcinoid there's a mesenteric mass, a desmoplastic reaction, the mass two-thirds plus of the time is partially calcified. With lymphoma you would see a discrete mass, not just this haziness, abscess, you'd see a fluid collection. This is classic for mesenteric paniculitis, uh, sclerosis mesenteritis is another name for this, you have this haziness, this ground glass appearance in the mesentery, small mesenteric nodes, and prominent mesenteric vessels. So that indeed is the answer. What about this case? Looking at the pancreas, and what you see is the pancreas is replaced by what looks like cystic structures with some faint calcifications, and the duct looks huge, and what could it be? I guess chronic pancreatitis gives you calcifications, but then the gland is smaller, and acute pancreatitis usually see more inflammation and you have too much of a cystic component and cystadenomas are cystic tumors but not replacing 100% of the gland and this is one of those unusual cases where it's an IPMN literally replacing the entire gland. Just a very very nice diagnosis. And last case that we'll ask you today uh, looking near the left ureter what's the best diagnosis and I give you a few possibilities and you look at these images, what you see by the left ureter, there's some concavities, there's some vessels which are tortuous. No, it's not a ureteral carcinoma, it's something extrinsic to the ureter. TB gives you strictures and maybe wall thickening. Gonadal vein thrombosis, you'll see a dilated gonadal vein and it'll be like low density and tubular. Here with these collaterals kind of going around the ureter, that's very classic for chronic renal vein thrombosis. You get the collaterals around the renal pelvis and around the patient's ureter. It's not something you're going to see with acute renal vein thrombosis, 
but one of the common things with chronic renal vein thrombosis. So with that, I hope you enjoyed those 10 terrific cases, and we'll see you same time, same place next month. Thanks a lot.